Winning on the road is always a challenge, especially when you're facing quality teams. And the Jets got to face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning and pulled off a huge victory in overtime. Wasn't perfect, wasn't always the cleanest, but it was a win. And we'll talk about how they did it on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you for joining us on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, obviously the Jets just wrapped up a big game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and after... Uh, a pretty back and forth evening, one that I would say was pretty fun to watch, especially for those of you who love high event hockey. The Jets came away with a three to two uh, victory in overtime, and it was it was a tough pot game, right? This is one that we kind of all sort of suspected would be a bit of a challenge. Tampa Bay has been without Andre Vasilevsky recently, and so their biggest problem really uh, has been just the fact that the backup goaltending hasn't really been all that great. Other than that, though, I mean, you look at their scoring record, and for the most part, Tampa's scoring like four or five goals a game, and they are a very dangerous offense, despite having a roster that, uh, compared to previous years, is, is maybe not as deep as it used to be. Now, I thought this game, you know, coming into this one, Winnipeg would have an advantage uh, when it came to like the bottom six. But the game kind of played out a little bit differently. Um, I think the first big thing that kind of stuck out, and we'll, we'll talk about the crappy stuff first. Uh, the, the first line kind of got nuked, um, but this wasn't really a surprise. I think we all sort of knew uh, Shifley, Connor, and Ayafalo were probably going to have a really tough time against Kucherov and Point. And unfortunately, that did come uh, to fruition. Hagel was also kind of a menace. Uh, I felt like he forechecked very effectively, and he put a lot of stress on the Shifley line while Kucherov and Point found some really nice soft spots, one of which did lead to a, a Braden Point goal that, quite frankly, was just a brilliant finish. The other line that I thought really struggled um, was the third line, which is something we don't often say. Uh, the Lowry unit just kind of got pasted, and it felt like the coaching staff kept putting them out there a lot, which I probably would not have done. I think the fourth line honestly should have played more. Every time the Gus unit came out, they either created some good forechecking opportunities, uh, some good shots on goal, and just did exactly what you would ask of a depth unit to do against a very talented team that uses a lot of speed. 
disrupt and slow them down. And the Jets fourth line kind of did just that. They kind of killed their minutes in the few that they got. But other than that, right, the Jets generally played a pretty interesting game. Um, I, I will say Tampa Bay did have the edge at even strength, but, you know, for, for good stretches of this game, the Jets controlled the tempo and slowed a very fast uh, lightning counter down considerably. Winnipeg was in control, especially for the third period where the Jets uh, honestly played some of their best hockey of the game. The first period was kind of back and forth. The second period uh, was definitely one where Tampa Bay had the edge. And then it was kind of odd. There was this cadence where Tampa Bay would have a good five to 10 minute stretch and then they would switch off. The Jets would have a good five to 10 minutes and then they'd kind of go back and forth. Thankfully for Winnipeg, though, um, a couple of early goals in the first period, thanks to Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley, ended up being enough to carry the Jets through a couple of periods, which is pretty big because Connor Hellebuck had to do a lot of, of heavy lifting during the uh, latter moments after those goals to keep the Jets uh, really close. Hellebuck had one of his strongest games of the season, uh, only surrendered two goals the whole night, and was an absolute rock in that enough to get the Jets to overtime where Winnipeg kind of galaxy branded a little bit with some of the deployments, but it's always funny because somehow it, often works out. Uh, Adam Lowry and Nemesnikov and Pionk were a trio, and I don't even know why, uh, especially for 3v3 OT. Not usually a combo that you'd probably expect to do all that well, but this time they won a four-checking battle, they forced a turnover, and Pionk found a wide-open Lowry for the game winner. So good vibes all around, a huge victory, and I said it would have been really nice to get two points out of these two games uh, in Florida on the road trip. The Jets have already gotten both, so whatever they get out of the Friday game, if they get anything, is really just gravy. Overall, Winnipeg has recently had a nice um, turn in form overall. I think the Jets, you know, despite having a couple of games against Buffalo and and uh, or New Jersey where maybe they weren't as good at 5v5, Overall, you know, the last 10 games, the Jets have a lot to like. And I think the, the most reassuring thing is that the Jets are still doing this without one of their most talented forwards in Gabriel Velarde. And the defense, quite honestly, uh, could use an internal boost from Heinola. That the Jets have done this well without either of them, while also having goaltending that's still kind of rounding into form, I think is a, a really nice testament to just how good the forward units have generally been and, um, you know, some overall positive signs with how the team is playing at even strength. Now, there are still some warts to talk about, and I think, uh, you know, the arrival of or, or the return of Velarde will change at least one of my particular complaints. I think the, the top line is definitely something that the Jets really need to think about revisiting, uh, in part because, you know, so far with Ayafalo up there, it's not really been working. You know, they, they do score and they've been okay over the past couple of games. They've been, they've even had a few moments where Connor really went off, but overall, um, you know, you could say and argue that they've kind of been losing some of their matchup battles. So we'll talk a little bit about how the Jets can reconfigure the lines to be a little bit more balanced and uh, favorable to the Jets. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Mark Shifley could score 50 goals. The Winnipeg Jets could hoist the Stanley Cup. 
and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy sports app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Uh, obviously, for those of you who are big stats nerds, this is a great chance to flex your knowledge, whether you're tracking the league's top stars or perhaps players who are more in that mushy middle that you still know and love, but you also happen to know their exact save percentage or their plus or minus shots on goal, all that fun stuff. If you want to win your bet, you just have to get your projection of uh, more or less for their performance and beat Sleeper's projection in all sorts of stats categories. And if you do that with eight player stats correctly, you could win 100 times your bet with Sleeper. Again, that is 100 times your bet with eight correct stats category predictions. So start paying attention and nail your picks to win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. Sleep sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. I also wanted to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. As a Ravens fan, this is probably a pretty good time for me to cast a $5 bet. Obviously, the, the Ravens have generally won a lot of their games, big, strong team, but a lot of you listening are actually Vikes fans, and if you believe it is officially Josh Dobbs' season, there's never been a better time to place your bets than right now with FanDuel. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options from money lines to spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, thanks for rejoining us on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us as we are uh, talking a little bit about some thoughts on Winnipeg's current lineup and how the Jets could maybe optimize it a little bit. I, I think obviously the Jets have a, a strong team for the most part, but there's a couple of critical errors uh, or, or, or critical gaps, I would say, that the Jets could potentially fill internally in order to turn this team um from being really talented, but, you know, flawed in a couple of key spots to just being really good. I think the Jets are, are generally closer than they are far from being a really special team. There's just a couple of parts that need a little bit of a, a rethink. And I think, you know, with some returning players, some of those questions are going to be easier to answer than others. Before we talk about that, though, just wanted to shout out something really cool for the Locked On Network real quick. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with our local experts from Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Highly recommend it. They will always keep you up to date with all the latest and greatest in sports. Now, back to the Jets lines. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, just a little bit ago, one of the Jets' biggest problems is the top line. Uh, I, I know that it has had a better scoring record as of late, but I think we're all kind of seeing that as nice as Ayafalo has been for this team, obviously he's not quite the elite 
top six player that I think, you know, having to play with Shifley and Connor sort of demands, right? If you're going to be playing on that line, you got to be killing it because Shifley and, and Connor don't always do a lot of the defensive work. And so what you have to do is kind of be really aware and attuned to the details to allow them to do their bit, right? Because like Connor's big thing is scoring. Shifley's big thing is offensive creation. So if you add a third player to that unit, you've got to have some defensive responsibility and puck smarts. And that's where I think, you know, the Jets are still wanting a little bit, but this problem is actually pretty easily rectified. Gabriel Velarde coming back would be a tremendous boost for this team. Uh, Velarde is very clearly one of the most talented forwards on this team. And before his injury, despite only having one point in three games, he added some real defensive smarts. You could see him gaining chemistry and he was already creating dangerous looks and chances down low, even though he only played a few games. You could kind of see it in preseason. You got the sense that things were going to look pretty good once he uh, got up to full strength and speed with the Jets. Unfortunately, that just kind of got sidelined by that, you know, you know, unfortunate MCL sprain. So thankfully, he's, you know, right around the corner. He might even come back on this road swing. Not 100% sure yet. He'll need to practice a little bit more and do some full contact stuff. But he's been skating in practice recently. Um, by all accounts, it seems like he's really close. They might wait till they get back home next week. But I'm, I'm getting a good sense that his return to the Jets lineup is pretty soon. And for the Jets, that really couldn't come at a better time. Velarde is a huge boost for the top six. And he's also a huge boost for the power play. And better yet, he'll also push... Uh, the wingers down about a line, right? As much as, um, you know, some of these guys have really stepped up and done well for Winnipeg, obviously it'd be more ideal if the Jets had a true uh, top-line trio that can actually win their matchups. Because right now they can score well, but they don't always win those battles against opposing top lines. Once you've kind of got that sorted out, uh, the second line is probably one that you'll want to look at. But I would only say look at it and don't really touch it. Uh, the only thing that you really need to do with Perfetti, Nemesnikov, and Ehlers is just play them more. I think that's the only real change I would make. Um, otherwise, you know, however that, that you arrange that unit, whether you have Nemesnikov or Perfetti down the middle, uh, it, it's probably fine, right? The only way that you would really change this unit is if you brought in like a Brit, like a big trade acquisition. Uh, unless there's like a big top six rental of some sort coming in, I don't think you really need to mess with this unit. Um, they've been Winnipeg's best overall line uh, when it comes to the top six, and they just haven't played enough. So that's, again, something that's pretty easy to resolve. Now, the third line is where you start asking a couple of questions, right? Right now, we've got Niederreiter, Lowry, and Appleton together. And I guess once uh, Velarde comes back, then you have Ayafalo kind of floating around. I don't know for me if... Um, I mean, I, I think the answer is probably pretty straightforward. Uh, you have Niederreiter, Lowry, and Ayafalo together. The only thing is that Appleton so far has, like, chemistry-wise fit in pretty well. But Ayafalo is also too good to put on the fourth line. So I feel like if you slide Appleton down one more line, it really won't be a big deal. You'll have some combination of, like, Baron. Gus, Appleton, uh, or Kupari if he comes back at some point. Whatever happens with that fourth line, it doesn't really matter uh, because they're just going to do pretty well either way. So I think having Niederreiter, Lowry, and Ayafalo together should be a pretty good scoring trio. And again, that's barring any major trades. Uh, I, I think it would help Winnipeg to have a really balanced top nine. 
And Polardi's presence alone kind of just resets the table and gets the Jets back into really good straights. Now, if the Jets were to make a big, like, earth-shattering trade, they'd probably move out of forward to accommodate that as well. Uh, I don't know if Appleton would necessarily get traded. Uh, he might be on the chopping block. I don't know. But, you know, the only players that kind of really move the needle for me are, like, we're talking Konechny, Buchnevich, one of these, like, legitimate top six players who would give the Jets three almost uh, unbeatable lines. You get to that point and you're starting to talk about a different conversation, like serious cup contender status. The Jets aren't quite there yet, but again, like I said, the signs are are generally pretty positive. I like how the Jets are looking so far. Winnipeg's moving in a, a positive direction, and Heinola on the back end would be a huge boost. I still think the Jets could use one really top end D. I don't know how you're going to really fish that out. And there's not really many guys out there that are available right now that would even satisfy Winnipeg's needs. So that one's kind of a wait and see. But obviously, if the Jets do swing big, this is probably about as good of a season as you're going to find to do it. So a lot to be excited about. The Jets are uh, really moving up the ranks in the West uh, Western Conference. Uh, you know, they're just a few points back of the lead and only one point behind Dallas as of right now for uh, first in the central. So things are feeling pretty good and they can continue to feel even better if the Jets win in uh, Florida against the Panthers on Friday. We'll talk about some expectations for this game in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I just want to let you know about a really important thing for those of you who uh, obviously are perhaps dealing with mental health right now, uh, mental health issues, uh, struggles from all sorts of social pressures. I know tomorrow is American Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, a lot of you, if you're traveling or going to see family and stuff, it, it can be a really stressful time. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And if you're wondering what BetterHelp is, it is a great, great service that uh, offers um, therapy, right? You know, if you're looking to talk to somebody who can help you and, and kind of get you back to feeling yourself and being at your best, better help is a great option. I know for a lot of my friends who have gone through therapy, you know, it can be tough, right? It, it can be tough to open up and you don't always feel comfortable doing it, but sometimes it can be the thing that gets you to that next stage and gets you back on track. Uh, I've personally not used therapy, but I can tell you a lot of my friends have. A lot of my friends continue to use it, and I know that it is very impactful, very helpful, and especially now during the holidays when you might feel really isolated, there's really no better time to talk to somebody than right now. If you're looking to start therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And if you, uh, if your initial therapist that you get scheduled with um, based on a questionnaire, if that doesn't really work out, they will assign uh, you know another therapist at no extra charge at any point. So find your bright, sp bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNHL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us as we walk through uh, some quick thoughts ahead of Winnipeg's game against the Florida Panthers. The Panthers actually just lost earlier this evening to Boston 3-1. to 
not really surprising. The Bruins have kind of been rolling. Uh, they're 14-1-3. and three. Obviously, this Bruins team is pretty nasty, very strong roster, and they're kind of doing the same thing that they did last year where, you know, they're, they're sort of waltzing through the regular season, but we sort of know how that went the last time. Now, in terms of what the Jets should expect, uh, the Florida Panthers are a very strong team. They have, um, you know, pulled themselves back after a bit of a rough start to like a 12-6-1 record, second of the Atlantic. Uh, and again, they're only trailing Bo uh, Boston up front. And honestly, they're just a couple points back of second in the East in general, uh, just behind the New York Rangers. Very good team and a lot of really underrated talent. Sam Reinhart has been leading the scoring way this season, 25 points in 19 games, which uh, as a Reinhart truther is uh, validation for me. But of course, you know, the usual suspects after that start to fill in, Barkov, the Chuck, Verhage, who's also been a really good pickup from uh, Tampa Bay over the past couple of seasons, Evan Rodriguez, who's very skilled, very underrated, and, you know, players like Lundell, who are sort of the younger guard kind of filling in. One name though, that I think really has stood out recently for his scoring and offensive prowess is Oliver ekman Larson. Uh, he's had 11 points in 19 games and is apparently experiencing something of a bit of a career renaissance, so good for him. You know, I think a lot of people had sort of written him off, especially uh, after the, the past couple of stints with Arizona and Vancouver hadn't exactly gone according to plan. Seems like he might be turning things around this season, though. Uh, obviously, we have an old friend in Kevin Stunland who's got seven points in 19 games. He's scored five goals already. Um, yeah, I mean, good for him, right? This this Panthers team is kind of interesting because like when you look at the roster and the way that it's arranged, there tends to be a lot of really good balance. Uh, I, I don't know that there's necessarily any particularly weak links with this team. Paul Maurice, um, for better or for worse, has got the squad at a pretty balanced uh, arrangement. You have like a really solid top nine that is versatile and skilled. The fourth line might be the only thing that they don't necessarily love. Um, Gadjevich, Lawrence, uh, Lorenzen, and Lomberg are kind of more of a physical forechecking group. But overall, right, I think the Jets are going to have a tough time. Uh, this team has a lot of skill uh, across their first three lines. They're actually kind of built similarly to how the Jets are. Uh, not not one to one. I think the Jets are going to have a tougher matchup against um, the top six, even with Barkov temporarily out. I mean, this is just a a tough team. So Winnipeg, uh, it, it's going to be a tough one, right? The the power play I think is going to be a nasty one. Um, if Barkov does come back on Friday, obviously that's going to be a really big addition. And, you know, considering how skilled he is and how much of a menace he is, whether it's on the power play or at even strength, the Jets are going to have their hands full. Winnipeg did really well to limit the number of penalties and mistakes that they made against um, Tampa Bay in some really controlled segments. But you also saw how quickly the Lightning could counter and very nearly caught the Jets on a number of perhaps uh, rash decisions at the blue line. Sometimes Morrissey had to bail himself out. Sometimes other guys bailed each other out. But the moral of the story is you probably aren't going to get away with that so often. You're going to have to be really careful and on your best behavior against the Panthers team that's going to be pissed off after losing to Boston. So I, I kind of feel like this could be a defeat. But again, I already said that, you know, having the first two points on this road trip was big, right? 
this game is basically, for me, gravy. If the Jets lose, no big deal. But if they can scrap out at least a point and make it three out of four on this road trip through two very difficult Florida teams, I would find that pretty amazing. And with Hellebuck looking like he's kind of back to being A+, plus, uh, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about this team. I'm liking the direction the Jets are moving. There's, uh, there's a real nice push here. So I'm thinking, let's let's say the Jets win 4-3. My last score prediction wasn't quite on point. I thought it was going to be more like 5-4. It ended up being a really tight defensive battle, and uh, both Johansson and Hellebuck made some big stops. So maybe this game will be a little bit higher scoring. I hope the Jets can kind of repay uh, Paul Maurice with a, uh, a bit of a nice victory for the Jets. But We'll see what happens. Give me your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. Have a great night. Happy Thanksgiving and go Jets go.